Welcome to the Apprentice to CEO podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping to take your business idea and growing it into something you can be proud of. As with any job or trade, we start as apprentices, but with hard work and vision, we can grow into CEOs. Each podcast will come with worksheets and other links to valuable resources, so don't forget to check the show notes. I'd also like to thank BCIT and BC Campus for the grant that is making this podcast possible. This podcast and all the worksheets attached carry a CC by Creative Commons license, so feel free to use as much as you need. Let's get started. Last episode, we talked about the finding of your why. We spent a lot of time reflecting, and hopefully you did the exercises and took some time to reflect as to exactly what your own personal and business why is. Now, when we talk about research, we have to understand that there are two types of research. Before we even get into any kind of idea of what research is in regards to entrepreneurship or a business venture, there is what's called primary research and secondary research. Now, primary research is by going right to the source by actually talking to people, by having conversations, by polling people, polling who you might think would be your target market, all that sort of thing, by actually having real-life conversations and interactions. Secondary research is when you're actually looking things up, going online, doing the research, looking at market reports, going back through the internet and seeing what you can find out for your industry and, and looking up journals and that sort of thing. So that's your secondary research. Both are very important when it comes to researching your company. Now, in this episode, we're going to talk about researching your target market and what that means. And then we're going to talk about a buying checklist and a buying process and why you need to do some research into that. Research is a winning proposition. We cannot just go out and ad hoc just wing it when it comes to our business, throwing our tools into our trucks or opening up a storefront or whatever we want, we need to actually do the research to find out, is there a market out there for our business idea? We've gone ahead and like we talked about in episode one, we are a problem finder. And then from there, we become problem solvers. And in order to do that, we need to do the research. Now, what we first want to do is determine exactly who our target market is. So let's talk about what we mean by a market. A market is any group of people, business, or organizations that are going to pay your business to obtain a product or a service. And they share some sort of common characteristic. And it's important that you understand who your market is. Now, it's important to understand that because you need to know how to market to those ideas. and You need to know what their their background is. So you need to ask yourself, who is your potential target market for your new business? And, and how do target markets buy? And that's what we're going to get into in this episode. So a new business has to target. You can't just sit there and broadly think that everybody is going to be your your target market. You know, the product or service that you're providing is great for everybody. You cannot do that because A, you don't have the money. B, you don't have the time. C, at this point, you may not even have the credibility. And D, you probably don't most likely have the competitive strength to go against some of the bigger players. So you need to niche in and you need to market in. Now, there's a very common saying that the riches are in the niches. And that is so very true in the sense that we need to understand that you cannot market to everybody. So you're going to need to pick this target market and really segment in. Now, this whole idea brings us to this thing called a starter market concept. The starter market's a term that's used to refer to the initial target market for a new business. And that's the thing is, when we get started here, you are going to have a starter market that you can grow into a larger market. 
we need to understand that things are going to grow from there. And so we do that through the starter market concept. And we do that through something that we call the AAA method. You need to ask, is this market that you're approaching, is it attractive? That's your first day. Is it accessible? That's your second day. And is it achievable? Your third day. Now, in attractiveness, we have to assess what our attractiveness is. So the assessing the attractiveness of a potential target market consists of two tests. You have to do the price test and the numbers test. Now, the price test asks the question, can this target market afford to buy what you're thinking of selling at the price you need to sell it at? That's the thing. Like We, we might have this great idea, but if we are a product, but if it's too prohibitive price-wise, it's not going to sell. Like that, that doesn't matter how great your, your product is or how great your service is. If what you need to do is you need to charge a lot of money in order to do that, well, then you probably are not going to be able to make it work, depending again on your market. So you have to sit there and look at, at and decide, okay, with this service, what are other people charging out? And if you're going to be astronomically higher than that, then you are not going to get the work. You're not going to get the contracts that you need. You need to do the research to find out, okay, this service, this product is going for this rate, this price. So I need to be within that for the sweet spot, as we call it. The second one is the numbers test. Are there enough members of the potential target market with the money to buy what you're selling at the price you need to sell it for? And earlier in this episode, I talked about how the riches are in the niches. But if your niche is so very small that there's only a few people within it that can afford to buy or sell what you're, you're sorry, afford to buy what you've got, your service or your product, well, then you might want to look at broadening that niche. So that's, you got to make sure that you have enough members. Now, that's not to say that if you really, really target in, then that's not going to work because if you have a small market, sometimes they're great, but you don't want your market to be so small that it's prohibitive to you. So again, you need to do the research to find out, okay, can my, what does my market allow me to sell this product or service at? So that would be your price test. And are there enough people who want what I'm selling? That's your numbers test. So you might need to renovate your idea so that you can reach more people or reach another potential target market that's going to pay more. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's why we do the research first hand so that we don't end up getting too messed up where we get so much money, so much time invested and find out later that this was not a good idea. Next up, we have to ask, is the venture accessible? So when we talk about accessibility, I'm saying, can I afford to approach the potential target market or can I actually even reach them at all? So if you have an idea for something super high end, but you have no way of getting your foot in the door, well, then you have yourself a problem. Now, for the tradespeople listening to this, there's a preferred contract or a preferred vendors list. And actually, a lot of other businesses and sales have this too. How do you get yourself on that list? That is the question. So you need to consider those things. And you need, again, to do the research. So you need to find out, okay, if there is a preferred vendors list, what is required to be on that list? And how do you get on that list? Instead of finding out that after a while, you know, you've got your business, you got your idea, you've got your services, your products, you've gone ahead and invested a lot of time and money. And then you find out later that you need to be on this preferred vendors list, but you did not take that into account. So really consider how that is important. So we have to ask ourselves, can the potential target market be reached affordably? 
Does it take too much time or does too much work have to be spent educating or preparing the potential target market so it can buy what you're selling? A great example of that would be TiVo. When it first came out, people did not really fully understand what TiVo was. And if you watch that Simon Sinek video, start with why he talks about that. We use TiVo as a verb these days, but TiVo itself, the company did not do that well because it was, people didn't understand how it worked. And I, what now we DVR everything, right? So we understand how it works now, but it was an idea ahead of its time. Next question we have to ask, are we creating the ability to manufacture the product or the service that it's a basis of this new idea? Can we do that affordably? Is Can we manufacture these things and are we going to be able to make some profit on that? Or is that price going to be too prohibitive? The last one under AAA is, is it achievable? So is the product or service of interest to the potential market at all? Are we trying to sell something that the potential target market just doesn't want? You might have what you think is the greatest thing since sliced bread. You could have the Acme bread slicer, but if your target market doesn't want it, then it's not going to sell, which is why we need to do that primary research. We need to find out what people are wanting. We need to ask, okay, if you had opportunity for something like this, would you buy this? Surveys are a great way to find these things out. I'm sure we've all experienced surveys coming in. We've probably all been surveyed out somewhat, but surveys work. I answer them all the time. If I feel like this is something worth looking into or if it's an idea that I want to be part of, then yes, I'll answer the survey. So make sure when you're filling out these, like putting out your surveys, that you're making them attractive to people to fill out. But that is a whole other topic for when we get into like marketing and branding, we'll talk about surveys and how to do those properly. So when you use the AAA to select your target market or your potential target market, it comes down to answering those three questions. Is the potential target market achievable? Is the potential target market attractive? And is the potential target market accessible? A potential target market that answers yes to all three of these things should be clearly considered and seriously considered. So some things that you have to be careful of though is Based on my research, everybody wants my product is, is a common thing that I hear a lot. Now, if your primary research is strictly to your friends and family, don't buy it. People in that close to you are going to tell you what you want to hear. They're not going to want to hurt your feelings. They're going to be excited for you and want to see your business do very, very well. So talk to people that like go to those friends that are brutally honest. Talk to people who don't know you and who have nothing to gain from you being excited about their answers. Step outside of your circle and your bubble to find out, okay, do people actually want this? So one thing that you want to look at is there's, and I'm going to put this in the show notes, there's an image where there's a circle and there's three parts to the circle. There's a circle within a circle within a circle. And when we look at this, the market that wants your service, if you do the actual research, like, okay, everybody should want this. That would be your broad circle. Then you're going into your middle circle. That's the market willing to pay for your service. So you need to find out are willing, people might be excited by your idea, but are they willing to spend the money for it? Okay, so then you, you're kind of niching in at that point, which brings us to the final circle within the circle within the circle. That's the market willing to pay you for your service, not just willing to pay for the service, but willing to pay you, your company, your idea, your vision. You've got to find those people 
And that's a very, that's a dot more than it is a circle. So that's why it's so important that we understand where all this stuff lies. Again, find out, does the market, are they willing to, are they excited about the service? Would they use it? Next question, would they pay for it? These are the questions that you could ask in your surveys. And then the last question is, would they pay you for your service? And so this can be done through something called segmentation. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes to a great video on segmentation. It talks about how we can take that, and it's called oftentimes a funnel, but you take an overall market, like just a lot of people, right? Thousands of thousands of people, and you dump them into this funnel. And along the way, you're starting to figure out, okay, my target market, uh, you got, you're going to look at their socioeconomical status. You're going to look at their interests. You're going to start kind of really niching that down until at the end, when it comes out of that funnel, uh, is there a enough of a market there for you to do business. Okay, so that's the AAA method. There's going to be in the show notes links to some PDFs where you can actually a worksheet to go through to fill out to find out if your target market hits all three A's. If it doesn't hit the three A's, then it's sometimes very important that you should consider to renovate that idea. So go ahead, go down to the show notes, make sure you're clicking on that. And as always, I'm going to say hit pause, take your business idea, do a little bit of research and make sure that you find out, does it hit all three A's? When we come back, we're going to talk about the buying checklist and the buying process. Okay, now that you've got an idea of who your target market is, what we're going to do now is we're going to talk about something called the buying checklist. Now, the buying checklist asks, what is the potential target market that you're dealing with here looking for before it's going to buy what you're thinking of selling? Remember, just earlier in the podcast, we talked about how you need to figure out the part of the target market that's willing to buy from you. So in order to do that, you need to do the research and find out some of the things that your target market's going to require of you before they trust you enough to buy from you specifically. Every part of your business launch is affected by how well you understand your buying checklist. Your marketing strategy, your financial projections, and your planning for the day-to-day operation of the ventures are all tied to this idea of your buying checklist. Now, two categories of essentials are going to appear on your checklist. You could examine the possible essentials in two categories. There are the service essentials and the legal and regulatory essentials. So your service essentials, they're attributes or features of your product or service that the potential target market must see or present. So some examples are they would want to see if you've got a service industry, you're being punctual, you're having a professional appearance. You, they want to know that you have experience. They perhaps want to know that you have contacts. Can you provide testimonials? Can you provide reviews? Do you have reasonable rates for your service or your products? These are the things that you really need to dig in to understand who your target market is and what they want. Now we get into category two, which is the legal or the regulatory essentials. And if you don't do your research, you could get bit on this one quite easily. So some examples of this are insurances. What type of insurances do you have? Are you bonded? Are you licensed? Do you have a business license? Do you need to have some sort of certification for trades or for some sort of product that you're selling or manufacturing? These are the things you need to do up front before you start your business so that you don't get caught holding a ball that you can't hold because you're not allowed to because you haven't followed the regulatory uh, issues and essentials that are, are surrounding that. So the implications of a buying checklist, it identifies 
identifying the buying checklist is critical, but you can't stop there. There's some implications that go into the information that you find out. So you've got to figure out how are you going to meet these concerns. So your buying checklist business implications, if you go to the show notes, there's going to be a PDF there that'll walk you through all this. But I'm going to use this as an example. Say there's a company out there called No Drip Plumbing. So basically, they do the the work and they figure, okay, they figure out they have to offer services on weekends, holidays, and after hours. They do the research. They find out that the market will not allow them to charge more than $100 an hour. They have to provide free estimates and they have to have a plumbing ticket, workers' compensation, and be insured and bonded. So when we open up this checklist, which is in the show notes, you're going to see that there's four columns. There's the essentials of the target market's buying checklist, which is are the things that would show up on that list, like the, you know, having to have a ticket, having to have your WCB, um, not being able to charge more than $100, providing free estimates. Those are all examples of that would fall under the essentials of target market's buying checklist column. The next column over is the planning implication. So what, now that you know that those essentials have to be met, what are some things that you're going to have to do to get those in place? So one of the essentials in the target market checklist, let's say that you cannot charge more than $100 an hour. Well, what's your planning implication for that? You can't charge more than $100 an hour. That's your planning implication. And so you have to use that when you're doing all of your quotes and all of your financial projections. That's something that you have to consider. So that would be a planning implication. Um, something else that you might have under there is must provide free estimates. So a planning implication for that would be this will be non-billable time, meaning that you will not get paid for this time. So anytime we build estimates or put out proposals, consider the fact that that is going to be time that's basically quote-unquote free, though we can charge it into our service or our product later on. Now the third column in this implications of buying checklist is the money column. And this is the one where you know we, we need to remember that some of these things are going to cost time. So say that you need to get a certification for whatever, for your product or your service. You say the planning implication would be that you have to make arrangements to get that certification, and then you have to do the research to find out how much is it going to cost to get that certification? What are the steps necessary to get there, and how much financially is this going to cost you? So that's the sort of thing that we're thinking about for money, which is easy enough, but sometimes people overlook that. Now, the fourth column, and possibly one of the most important columns on this checklist, is something that many people forget, and that is time. How long is it going to take? So if you need to have a website, let's say that's one of your essentials to a target market, well, you know that your planning application for that is to design a website, and then you know that you can't design it so that you're going to have to go ahead and hire somebody. So you've got the money for that, so a couple grand, let's say. Then the time that goes into that, how long before you launch? Because if you are running an e-business or some sort of internet marketing business, then you have to have an internet presence. So that makes a big deal as to when you're going to launch. So consider that time is very important. It's always going to take longer than you think. If you're, say, for a web development, if they tell you it's going to take a month, you could almost guarantee you're going to double that. You tradespeople, you know this for a fact that when if you do an estimate, you figure that it's going to take 10 hours, it's going to take 15 to 20. These are the things we need to roll in there and be realistic about it. Don't go best case scenario in these things. Go worst case scenario. Now, the buying checklist implications usually fall into one of the categories, and it helps you understand that you need to either raise or lower your sales potential. It also raises or lowers your expected costs, and the buying checklist increases or decreases the amount of time your opportunity will take before you're implemented successfully. 
Now, if you can't meet all the requirements of the checklist, that's one of those situations where you just need to keep calm and renovate your idea and figure out how you can hit those things. But you know what? It's better to find this out now than to find it out later. So renovating does might mean the change of a market, one that doesn't require some of the items that are on the buying checklist, but they might not. It just might require some more research on your part. Let's get into something called the buying process. The buying process is a series of steps that the market takes when buying what you're selling. It's so important to identify the steps in your market's buying process before you launch your business. So why should you even worry about the buying process? Because it allows you to tailor your marketing strategy so that it fits with the way your market buys what you're selling. It also shows you how long it's going to take to complete sales, which in turn allows you to project your cash flows with more precision, and it's going to help reveal hidden obstacles or delays that may relate to how the market buys rather than what the market looks for when it's buying. So it takes you from the process to where they from when they find out about you to when they actually are paying you money and putting money into your bank account. So it has four stages, the buying process. There's the awareness stage. At this stage, this is where the market finds out about what you're selling. You need to ask yourself, how are they going to find out about what you're selling? The next stage is the investigation stage in which the market investigates what you're selling and looks at considerations such as the features, price, and availability. So once they find out about you, how are they going to dig deeper and find out a little bit more about you? The third stage is the purchase stage. This is when the market decides to buy from you and on what terms. So are you, do you have some sort of contract process in place? Do you have your e-marketing set up? Do you have some sort of um, online payment system worked out? These are the things you need to figure out, which takes us into the fourth stage, the payment stage. And this is where the market pays for what it has purchased. One thing to really be cognizant of is when it comes to the payment. The payment you could be waiting for a long time on. And typically the rule is the larger the company or organizations that are you you're dealing with for your target market, the slower the buying process is because what will end up happening is they've got a lot of bureaucracy that they have to go through before they can get through. There's a lot of paperwork that has to be filled out. It's not that they're trying to, you know, slow down payment on you or not pay you at all. It's just that their process is a lot longer because of all the paperwork and the red tape that they have to go through. That being said, some of those larger contracts means larger money. So it's, it's not something that you want to throw out. It's just something that you want to consider. Now, if your idea involves selling to a larger company or institution, you should anticipate a lengthy buying process. It's unlikely that this type of market will buy something importantly from a new supplier. So we've talked about this before earlier in the episode. You need to figure out how you can get onto those preferred vendors lists. And at that point, if you can't, well, maybe you need to ally with a more credible partner. Maybe you need to team up with somebody that can get you in the door. Now, remember, the longer the buying process of your market, the more money is going to be needed to implement your new business idea. You need money to keep moving. And when we get into the financial aspects in the financial aspects episode, we'll talk a lot about this, about how money needs to move in and out. And it's almost like breath or waves where it just needs to constantly be moving. So if you have no money, that money can't move. So you need to make sure that you are aware that it's going to take time for you to get paid and to have things in place, like some sort of working um, line in place with the bank or some sort of uh, backup plan, money in the bank to cover all that sort of thing. So you will need working capital, the money your business needs to survive until the business takes in more cash than it spends. And we'll talk about that again when we talk about cash flow projections. 
So as always, there's a nice little worksheet that is in the show notes. Take some time, hit the pause, print this out, fill it out. It might just be one page, but these things can fill up quite quickly. So again, there's the stage of the process, which is the awareness, investigation, purchase, and payment. You're going to ask what happens during the stage. How do people become aware of you? How do they investigate more about you? How do they purchase from you? And how do they pay you? The implications, again, we're talking about implications. What does it mean? How do, if awareness, does that mean we have to print up a bunch of flyers? Does that mean that you need to advertise on the radio? These are the kind of things we have to take into account. And then with those implications comes how much money is it going to cost and how much time is it going to take? I cannot stress enough how important it is to figure out what the time and the money is in this aspect to help you plan. And that basically brings us to the end of this episode. So in this episode, we covered how to find out using the AAA, whether you've got a good target market, and then going through once you've got your target market to figure out what they require of you. And then from then, when you've figured that out, is what is their buying process? These are all very important things. As always, make sure you take the time to go into the show notes and download the worksheets and work through those. Take some time to reflect. Take some time to read through these things. Go back through this podcast and hit pause or fast forward to certain points where you weren't quite clicking. Make sure that you got a good handle on this. That's all we have for this episode. We'll see you in the next episode.